This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. We're in the midst of miracles. Amen? We're in the midst of miracles. This is our second week in these miracles. And uh, I wanted to ask a question this week, first of all. Has anybody experienced a miracle this week? The lovely Deepa over here. Deepa, give everybody a wave. This lady over here, she was, uh, she was given a, a locket by her mum. Uh, which had a nice diamond on it, which was for her, and then to pass down onto her daughter as time would have it. And last week, removing her scarf, the pendant dropped off, and it became detached from the necklace, and the diamond was gone. Ugh. We looked. High and low. I even hoovered up carefully. (laughs) And that is a miracle in itself. And then Alan... Alan, give everybody a wave. There he is, look. Now named the amazing Alan from now on. Good alliteration, if nothing else. Alan came back on the Monday and thought, well, I'll just have another look in the car park, you know, just as you do, because, you know, needle in a haystack and all that. And uh, went up to where Deeper's car was, and uh, on the pavement right there was, um, was the little diamond. And the good news is that the diamond has been recovered After a photograph, evidence produced, (laughs) we're convinced it's the right one and it's not just a random diamond. Uh, But the good news is that there, in that moment, there was a little miracle. Deepa said to me before she left, she said, Matt, I need a miracle. I need a miracle. Because you know these things we hold on to and they're important in that sense. It's a family heirloom. And in the midst of chaos came a miracle. So we praise God for that. Just a little thing, but very important to Deeper and the family. Okay, now I've shared that with you, and Alan has now got a new name for Liz to return to, and she'll be like, I'm gone for a week. <laughs> and they now call you amazing, Alan. To be honest, I've called you that for a long time, Alan. A long time. But I guess we're all guilty, aren't we, of looking for the biggest next miracle. We're after it all the time. And as Christians, we sort of want miracles to happen. We know that the Lord can do anything, amen? We also know that he doesn't do everything. And that's usually to our own benefit, okay? So we know that the Lord can do absolutely anything. And we go to the Lord in that vein. Lord, please. Lord, I'm asking for a miracle. Lord, please, just in this moment. And we often find ourselves waiting for the next big miraculous thing to happen. And this crowd here, oh, they were no different. You think we've changed? Oh, we may have changed a little bit. You know, we now have cars to get around in. And, you know, we've got smartphones to look at rather than people. Yeah. And we've, we've got uh, all this technology around us. But really, the, the core of us is exactly the same that what we want to see is the big stuff. We want to see these things that seem to change the course of history. We want to see it. We want to touch it and feel it. And these people here were guilty, perhaps like you and I are today, of taking the smaller things that aren't the huge miracles, but taking the smaller things for granted. Like the fact 
that you've all been to sleep, you've all woken up, you've all got air to breathe, you've popped on clothes, you've come to church, that's a miracle, well done, you got out of bed, (laughs) and here we are this morning, in this moment, in this place that is all provided by your generosity and the Lord's will in your life and my life, here we are. That is a miracle. Because often when we think about church, it's these group of people that all have the same mind and everything's doing the same thing and everybody knows what's happening. And it's all People forget that we're all individuals. Yes, we have the same mind in the sense that we have everything in common and that is Christ. But on an individual basis, on paper, if we were to write us lot down, well, we wouldn't work, would we? But by the grace of God... Here we are this morning, singing praises to the same God, worshipping him together, as different and as diverse as we all are, from all our different backgrounds and upbringings and countries. Here we are this morning. That's a miracle. And we praise God for that. You're also not convinced that that's a miracle. But I was convinced that that was a miracle. Forget you lot. Anyway... But these people here are absolutely no different. And they, they've seen and they've heard Jesus going about his stuff. And they, they've heard about this miracle man that turned water into wine at this wedding. And they do what everybody does. They got on their smartphones and they had a look on YouTube. They came out of their houses and they sought Jesus out. They went to see him. They wanted to see what all the fuss was about. And they wanted to be there, let me tell you, for one reason and one reason only. They wanted a front row seat to a miracle. They wanted to see what was happening and to see something that they'd never experienced before. So they went along and they sought out Jesus. When he got to Galilee, the crowd were there gathered around him again. And they were desperate. To see something incredible, wanting that front row seat. And then in this moment, there's a guy that is desperate for that said miracle. There's a guy that's travelled from a place called Capernaum. And Capernaum's about 18 miles away from where we are in Cana in Galilee. That's a fair old trek. That is a fair old trek. Remember, that's not jumping in your Ford Fiesta that's walking, maybe a, a camel or a horse, dependent on, um, on his status that he might have such a thing. But either way, I don't know whether you've ever travelled by one horsepower. It ain't the quickest. It ain't the quickest at all. So it would have taken a bit of time, but he knew, he knew that he had to get an audience with this man Jesus because he'd heard about him. He'd heard that he could do something. And this man was in desperation. His son was sick. His son was so poorly, he had hours to live. The boy is dying. And you can imagine, can't you? The guy's a a royal official. He's probably got stuff at his uh, disposal. Probably had the finance to be able to try and do something for this boy. So he'd probably gone down every avenue and every single door he tried to push was shut. He'd got nothing left to do. And all he could do in this moment, he plucked up the courage to get himself in front of Jesus. And there, in that 18 mile journey, you can only begin to imagine the things that were going through his head. And the 18 miles is extremely significant. 
You see, in desperation, he comes to Jesus. And the Bible tells us, the NIV specifically says that he begged Jesus. He went to him, verse 47, and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. Please. I've tried everything. We've tried everything. I'm desperate. I need a miracle. And in that moment, of that heartache and pain. Jesus addresses the crowd. He doesn't reply directly to the man, although he does reply to the man. It's to all those around about him. And remember, they're all there for what reason? To be at the front row for the next miracle. And in verse 48, he says, Unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, you will never believe. Can you imagine the man? Hang on a minute, Jesus. I'm here because because of my son, and and I'm I'm begging you, please come and help me. Oh, unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, you will never believe. And in that moment, it seems a little bit harsh. I'm desperate for a miracle, Jesus. Don't address them. It's it's me talking to you. I've travelled 18 miles. I'm not just here just because of the fun of it. I'm here because my son is dying. I'm desperate. And the royal official says in verse 49, Sir, come down before my child dies. It's like, I'll have a second pop at this. Please, you're not listening. I'm not here just for a front row seat. I'm not here just because of everybody else's hustling and bustling around you. I'm here because I believe that you are the only man that can do something for my son. I believe that you are the only person that can help. So I'm here. And I'm in front of you, and I'm desperate. And church, that helps us to just put our thoughts and our minds in a position where we are before God. And I want to see this morning in your own hearts, whether you could ask yourselves, that are we doing just this? Are we here for a front row seat to see the next miracle. We want to see something big. Or are we here because we believe that Jesus is the only way? Are we here just because it makes us look good in the community? Are we just here because it looks nice in there, so I'll go and try it out and see if they're all weird, apart from the guy at the front? Are we here for a myriad of reasons, or are we here because Jesus is the only way? And, you know, often people come to church just because they feel like they're ticking a box, or they come to church and they believe almost in something. But, you know, to think that there's a God that put the stars into space and that he loved me so much that he dressed in human form and and came and died on a cross for my sin, well, that takes some believing. You know, and if I'm going to believe that wholeheartedly, I'm going to need to see something big. You know, let's see that water into wine. Let's see that sea parted. You know, tomorrow morning on the way down to wherever you're going work-wise, Lord, I want to see the traffic part and I want to drive through. Anybody ever followed the ambulance? You bad people. You bad people. You know, and we're in those moments where just if I just saw heaven open and I just saw a glimpse of glory, then I'd believe 
And the Word's telling us this morning that there's something that needs to happen in our own hearts. Because it might be well and good to see heaven open, but it will not be long again before something goes wrong and you go, I don't know whether what I saw was real or not real. I have no idea. Do you know, I'm just, (laughs) you know, if God's real and here I am again in turmoil, it's like, you know, I just want everything to be perfect. Is that so much to ask? Apparently so. And then Jesus does something incredible. And if you don't take the story for, for its worth, you miss this. In this hustle and bustle and chaos of everybody looking for a miracle, the man here in desperation, Jesus addresses the crowd, not the man directly. And then these people are all here waiting for something real good. And Jesus says this in verse 50. He says, you may go, your son will live. And that was the noise the crowd made. What? <laughs> Are we not? No earthquake? No lightning? No claps of thunder? What, just go and your son will live? Who is this guy? Of course that's what's going to happen. You know, I was in it for the 18 mile hike. Let's do this team. Come on. Let's get to that bedside and let's find out. No, go and your son will live. And you know what? Incredibly, the man took Jesus at his word, it says, and departed. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. In those few sentences, in those few moments, Jesus has found out where the man's heart is. He's addressed the crowd because the crowd's heart is nowhere. They just want to see the next big thing. They're just there for that front row seat, but the man is there because he knows Jesus is the only way. Isn't it interesting that in a crowd of people, there's one person? Don't you find that interesting? For narrow is the gate and only a few will find it. Because we have this massive vision of so much. And it's not what we expected. And we've talked about before. Jesus not meeting your expectations. You can't say that from the front. I prayed for a miracle. It didn't happen. It wasn't meant to be. Because if the Lord willed it, it would happen. Amen? You see, often we get caught up and we miss what Jesus is trying to teach and to tell us. And in this moment, it is all about faith in action. It is all about faith in action. You know, we started the year with Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, and we're only three weeks on. And you've already, no, I've already forgot. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. He says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your understanding because you do not know. Trust in God. He does. He's outside of time and he knows full well what's going on. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your paths. He will give you straight paths. You know, I believe that the Lord wants us to live this way with him and for him. Lord, we need a miracle, we say, and so often we have to step to experience it. Nobody wants that, though. Nobody. I want the miracle, and I don't want to do anything. Okay, it's just me, but I'm making it happen anyway. You see, we'd want the miracle, but often we're not prepared to step 
into it to experience it. And this is what this Bible verse teaches us this morning, that the Lord wants us to live this way for him, to step and to experience. And I want to share just a brief story with you. I've got 45 to 50 minutes left. If you're new this morning, don't panic. It's not that long, I promise. (laughs) When we first uh, felt that we were supposed to come to Gainsborough, it's an odd place. I'm sorry for all those Gainsboreans. And we traveled over the bridge and we were like, Lord, are you sure? (laughs) Are you sure? And we came over the bridge and we were absolutely adamant that this is where the Lord wanted us to be. Um, Crawford and Lulu, who are, are no longer with us, have moved down south. And myself and Lolly, they've got two uh, girls. And we had Jack at the time. And it was it was beyond the sense of common. <laughs> Do not go to Gainsborough. We lived in Sheffield. Anybody been to Sheffield? We lived in Sheffield. And we felt that this is where the Lord wanted us to be. And, that, you know, you question it and you're like, really, are you sure? And we were positive. And, and we, were, we were in desperate need for a miracle. And I mean desperate need for a miracle. Because we had a, a one-year-old at the time who's now Jack, who's this big and he was this big. And, well, he used to get um, travel sick in a push chair. That sort of paints the picture for you, okay? Um, we used to dress Jack in nice stuff. And by the time he got here, he was in his nappy. We used to dress Jack in a nappy. By the time he got here, the car was ruined. So there was no win-win situation. But we knew that this is where we were meant to be. So we stepped into it and we prayed at the time, Lord, we need a miracle. We're desperate for something because Sheffield's too far away. We believe we need to move. That financially was absolutely categorically impossible. Never going to happen, ever, to be fair. I was convinced. It was at the time, eight years ago, where the housing market was um, stagnant. It's still not great, but uh, we bought the house for a particular amount of money. We spent a lot of money on it, and the house was worth that same amount of money that we bought it for. That was hard. And we were like, Lord, you know, we need something. And you know how long it took for a miracle? Nearly four years. (laughs) Four years! Sheffield, Lord, come on! You're having a laugh with me. We had lessons to learn, clearly. Patience being one of them. But I can tell you that the Lord provided a miracle. I'm not going to tell you what that miracle was. But needless to say, we now live in Retford and we've been there for almost five years. That was a miracle. Because it was impossible. But let me tell you this this morning. That the miracle was when we drove over the bridge and the Lord said, this is the place. And we sat down with some other people and they said to us, this ain't the place. We don't need a church. There's lots of churches. Why don't you go back over the bridge? Because you're not welcome. And God said, Gainsborough's the place. And we started in Park Springs and there were a handful of us for a long time. And the miracle happened four years prior to the miracle that we prayed for. We said, Lord, we need to move. And he said, look, you can move, but first you've got to learn. First you've got to grow. And first you've got to step. And that is our lesson this morning, that we step in faith, that God has got it. 
even when it seems impossible. And you're like, I'm just hitting my head against a brick wall here. I keep praying over and over and over again. Dare we believe this morning that the very first time we prayed, it was the first time God heard it and dealt with it. Let's see what the text says. Verse 51. While he was still on his way, his servants met him. He's on his way back on this 18-mile trip. Your son's better, don't panic. You'd turn around, wouldn't you? <laughs> You'd just go home, yeah? Yeah, I've questioned my own heart in this scenario. I'd be like, Jesus, you're going to have to come because... <laughs> the man took Jesus' word and while he was on the way, his servants met him with the news that the boy was living. And the miracle is here. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, the fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. Then the father realized that this was the exact time that Jesus had said to him, your son will live. You know, this morning we have that same God who loves us. And he has said to you and me, when we bring those things to him, he said, look, it's done. It's dealt with. Just step. All you have to do is step. You know, often we don't know what the outcome of what the miracle that we prayed for is going to be. But let me tell you this, that God is in control. And he, he, as the word tells us, has our best interests at heart. And often, um, and, and forgive me, I'll be brave for a second, we, we pray for healing because we're poorly. And, and this is tough because when terminal illness comes, we're like, Lord, heal me. I, I, I want to be alive. And then those people go home. Oh, hang on. Those people go home and they get to spend eternity with God. You know, we see this and that's all we see. We have no idea. And God says, just trust me. If he wants to heal you, you will be healed. If he wants you to have the house on the prairie, then that's what you'll have. If he wants you to have that job that's necessary, then that's what you'll have. But trust me when I say this, because the words say this, that the bigger is uh, the picture is bigger than just you and me. Much, much, much bigger. Now, why do we know it's bigger? How does this text tell us that it's bigger? The man says this. The father realized in verse 53 that this was the exact time uh, at which Jesus has said to him, your son will live. And then it says this. So he and all his household believed. You know, one boy received mortal life. The whole family received everlasting life. Amen? One boy was raised, in essence, off of his deathbed, but the whole family received everlasting life. And do you know what the joy of this is? That one day, when we're in glory, if we've trusted Christ as our Savior, if we've said sorry for our sin, one day we'll get to see this family and we'll get to ask the question, mate, how on earth did you turn around and walk? And he'll say, because I believe that he got it. I saw it in his eyes. I knew he was the man. I knew that he was something special. So I turned around and I went, giving me goosebumps. You know, this is the joy that one day, one day, we are going to see our Savior face to face. You know, but we should not be scared to pray for the miracle, but we should also not be scared to step in faith. Because believe me, this morning, when we read his word, when we take it in wholeness, we start to see that God, his timing is absolutely, completely and utterly perfect. 
not yours and not mine. But his timing is perfect. You know, this morning we want to pray that we can have that spirit that says, God, you have got this. You have got this. You're in control. Let's just pray, shall we? Father, we want to thank you for the miracles in our lives, the things that we take for granted. And we just pray this morning, Lord, that you might fill us with faith and that we might trust in you in all that we are and all that we do. And that, Father, we might be brave enough to step, that we might be brave enough to step out knowing that you are in control, that you are making our path straight. And again, Lord, we thank you for Hope Church. Father, we thank you for every person and for every family here represented this morning. And we just ask, Lord God, that you might just help us to step out for you, to live for you, and to proclaim the name of Jesus this morning and throughout the rest of the week. Father, we just lift your name high and we ask all of these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.